Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. My show, the Talk to Q Radio Show, it's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to a special Q on One podcast of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And I'm here with a solution specialist who can handle your struggles with relationships, business strategy, transitions, and more. She's an author, a therapist, and also a radio host from Toronto, Canada. Please welcome Miss Frankie Picasso to the Talk to Q Q on One podcast. Frankie, how are you? I'm great, Quincy. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Really looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks for agreeing to do it. It's nice to have you on. All right. So first things first, you call yourself a solution specialist. That's one of your many titles. Can you tell (laughs) us exactly what that is? Well, in my world as solution specialist, is someone who helps their clients overcome obstacles in their lives or businesses to find the solutions that fit them best. Okay, okay. And so what exactly makes you qualified to be a solution specialist? Well, 40 years of being an entrepreneur, <laughs> overcoming many obstacles, uh, having, you know, come out as a master coach trainer coaching for oh well over 25 years and and life experience has really taught me how to help clients find solutions that suit them that are in alignment with their goals and their values because that's really important that people are in line with their values okay so i mean how did all this come about how did you get started um as an entrepreneur and uh, well, I guess as far as a solution specialist, but yes, yeah, as an entrepreneur as well. Well, I think I think as a coach, um, when people become coaches and, and graduate from coaching, they're always looking to niche themselves and separate themselves from the pack. And one of the things that um, I knew that I did well was be creative. And I could always find an idea or a solution to help people overcome their obstacles and find uh, the answers that they're looking for. So solution specialist, I mean, there was many incarnations, but solution specialist seemed to be one that uh, when I looked at what people are looking for, they're looking to find a solution. They're looking to be happy. They're looking right. to, to, you know, have their goals met. And so I came up with that term. Okay. Now, another um, moniker you've picked up is the name Unstoppable Coach. How did you get that name? What is that a reference to? Well, that one came about from a colleague. I was teaching coaching for the International Coach Academy at the time, and she did not know that I had um, maybe, oh my, about a year prior, had been in a serious motorcycle accident. Mm. And in that accident, I had um, broken both my femurs, my hip, my pelvis, my everything below oh, my waist. Wow. I was in the hospital for about six months, and I went through a series of losses. I divorced my husband in the hospital. I was a drummer in a in a blues band, so the band had come while I'm in the hospital and picked up all their gear and left. Uh, I, I was on a master's dragon boat team uh, for Canada, and we were about to go to Shanghai in about eight days from the time of the accident. So I lost out on that, and um, then... A month into my into the journey in the hospital, my employer, you know, sent me a note saying that my job had been reorganized, and I got home and three days later my dog died. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, 
It just like it was just like a really really bad country song. So <laughs> and and she goes, but and I was in really a lot of pain, as you can imagine. And and she yeah. says, I would never have known by your voice. It doesn't sound like you're in pain. You're unstoppable. I thought, you know what? I'm going to use that because whenever you give yourself a handle, it's like a mantra. Right. And and you know what you think about. Um, is what you bring about. And so I thought, unstoppable. Okay, that works. If I'm unstoppable, then then I'm going to get through all this stuff. And, and I did. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, you're definitely unstoppable if you went through all of that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that is a lot. And a lot of people would have crumbled under that pressure, but um, you made it through. And I, I, can tell, I can tell that as far as you're an outgoing person, I mean, first of all, you mentioned a motorcycle. You mm-hmm. mentioned being on a dragon boat team, being mm-hmm. a drummer in a blues band. I'm like, okay, what does she not do? <laughs> yeah. have, have you always worn this many hats? I mean, when it comes to since you were little, you just did whatever you can get into? I did, exactly. And that's what makes me a solution specialist. <laughs> I've tried everything. I really have. It, it, it's really whatever I, I, I could um, – conceive I achieved and and it really was you know like Napoleon Hill said and if I thought I could do it I could do it it was never I can't do it it was always I can do it and that's um something that I I I guess what makes me a good coach because I hold that for my clients Mm -hmm. you know when they think they can't do something I said well I know that you can so I'm just going to hold that for you you can just give that over to me until you know that you can too Right. I mean, yeah, no one can have any excuse when you say, well, basically everything below my waist was broken and look, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So why do you think people tend to develop a negative mindset when it comes to challenges? I mean, you were able to overcome yours because of your attitude, but why do some people just defer to, just default rather, to negative? Well, I think that it is a human uh, basic trait to to um, fault to the negative, mm-hmm. to default to negative. Um, and when people think about success, um, there's fear. Fear is probably the biggest uh, factor that stops people from, from getting what they want. And it could be fear of success. It could be fear of failure. And it could be just fear of change. And I know that sounds kind of funny, mm-hmm. but when people fear success, they f- um, sometimes think that um, – they may not be able to repeat that great behavior. You know, they might think that they're um, uh, just somebody that, that, you know, was a fluke, that they did it once and I don't know if I can do it again. They also fear um, being left behind by their friends. Right. I mean, they're actually the ones who are probably going to be leaving people behind. But they, they fear people saying, um, oh, you think you're better than me now mm-hmm. or you can't hang out with me. But, you know, uh, if you've listened to Lisa Nichols, you know, Lisa will say, I had to leave those people behind. And you do. If you want to succeed, oftentimes you have to leave people behind, uh, nice people, but people who don't have the same thoughts and as you have for success. Fear, of course, we all understand fear of failure. That's um, something that's kind of built into us. We fear tests and, and you know, school has socialized us to, to, to feel that way. And our parents come home with a bad grade. They're going to, you know, something bad is going to happen to us. So we, we definitely, we, we fear that. But many, many, many people fear change. And we fear the unknown. That's why we fear the dark. We don't. We can't right. see. We don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know what we don't know. So we fear that, and and that oftentimes uh, will 
will stop people from achieving their goals. Now, and, and so many, many times as a coach, you can watch people just get their fingertips on that brass rail and then they drop it, you know? And, and I think that that's just that fear of success coming in right there. Thinking, I don't know what's going to happen if I touch that, you know, what's going to happen to me. And, but you know, um, good coaching, we can get people through that. Okay. Now let me ask you this because this is something that's frustrating to me. When it comes to um, trying to change someone's mindset, mm. all right, so with you having a positive mindset, how frustrating is it to deal with someone with a negative mindset and get them to see things from your perspective? <laughs> Almost impossible, <laughs> but it's, it's doable. So what, what we have to do with somebody who has a negative mindset is, is to explore their thought patterns with them and show them a where it comes from mm-hmm. and b how they can um start to become a positive thinker okay. and it's it starts with listening to your thoughts and just like when you listen to a record on the radio if you can start to pick out uh the drummer and then the bass player and the singer and all the different instruments um in that music that's what we have to do when we listen to our thoughts we have to listen in as a, as a silent you know viewer right. and go what am i thinking and after you hit on that, you have to ask yourself, whose voice am I hearing? And then the third of that is, is it true? Huh. So it, um, imagine that you were getting some milk out of the refrigerator. Just close your eyes. You're getting milk out of the refrigerator and you're pouring it into a cup and boom, it, it, it falls. It spills. Some spills on the counter. The very first thing you say to yourself before it's even filtered you know, it might be something like, oh, my God, you're so stupid or what a dummy or maybe even right. something worse. Right? Right, right. And then you might say, oh, OK, that's OK. It's just milk. Right. Yeah. So so who, whose voice was it that said you're stupid? Who, you know, there, oftentimes there's a connotation or an inflection. And you say, oh, that was my mom or that was my dad or that was my grandmother or somebody was a name caller and called you that. And and. You know, the adult can look at that and go, it's just spilt milk. Right. You know, it's not a big, big deal. But somebody made it a big deal a long time ago and called you names. And, and so, you know, if they continue to call you names, maybe you're the klutz of the family. Oh, you're such a klutz. You're such a klutz. You're such a klutz. Well, you're going to continue to be a klutz as long as that's the name that you're going to give yourself. Uh, because it's self, you know, fulfilling destiny and prophecy when you use words like that. So when you can hear that language that's going on and you can ask yourself, okay, I've identified that voice. I know that it's not mine. Uh, do I really believe that I'm a, a dumbass, or do I really believe that I'm stupid? Right. And, and, you know, clearly you can say to yourself, no, I don't really believe that I've accomplished other things in my life. So, and you can show them these things that they've accomplished and begin to help them, you know, snap out of this negative because really the biggest question for somebody who does think in a negative way is how is this serving you? How is this serving you to think like this, to act like this? Um, are you getting ahead in life? Are you, do, the, do you have the friends that you want? You know, are you uh, in the relationships that you want or are you turning people away? Do people leave you because they can't stand how negative you are? Right. Okay. All right. That's a pretty interesting perspective and way to look at it. Um, 
Never thought about if I spill something, I hear my mom's voice. But <laughs> well, we're socialized, of. Quincy. You know, we're socialized from a very young age. Um, you know, society has done that to us. But first, it's our parents or, or grandparents, right. and then it becomes our school, and then our, our peer group. Um, everybody is telling us what they think of us, and, and they're telling us who they think we are, and we adopt that until. Um, there comes a point in our life through, in my book, Midlife Mojo, I talk about how at one point in midlife, we start to emerge from that um, socialized self to become our true self and our authentic self. All right. All right. Good stuff, huh? That's pretty interesting. All right. I'm talking to solution specialist, Frankie Picasso. Well, I'm sorry, the unstoppable Frankie Picasso. <laughs> after you. what I heard, that definitely applies. Um, so... Why do you think that it sometimes takes someone to listen to a person who may be unbiased before they heed wise words, so to speak? Because, like, you know, uh, a husband and a wife, you know, a wife can tell a husband something and he won't receive the information because it's coming from her. Right. But a stranger can say the same thing and all of a sudden it, you know, a light bulb comes on. Right. And part of that is um, the person that that is telling us our our spouse let's say come with perceived biases or prejudices you know we we believe towards us say um we've lived with them we know how they are we know how their life is and so who are they to tell us what to do right <laughs> you know and and if you can say something in a way where you're not telling your partner what to do but um offering information and there's different ways of saying things um then then oftentimes you know we can get them to hear it but really it, it's just um we hear that voice so much, we tune it out. Okay. You know, we tune them out. And so oftentimes it takes somebody else saying the exact same thing, but in a slightly different way to mm -hmm. make us hear it. Okay. Okay. Now, when I was over at your website, um, unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com, I came across something, um, a term I was unfamiliar with called underlying automatic commitments. Can you tell the listeners what that's all about? Yep. So let's talk about what a commitment is to start with. So okay. a commitment is a vow or a promise that we make to ourselves or somebody else to do something. An underlying automatic commitment are commitments that live so deep in our psyche um, that we don't even know that we're committed to to them. So part of our socialized self, going back to that socialized self, um, when we get upset, we might run to the refrigerator for ice cream or chocolate. Mm -hmm. Some people might do something else. So that's a commitment, an underlying automatic commitment to soothe yourself with something. If you... Um, so now let's bring it back into the into the business world a little bit. Okay. Let's say you have a career and you want to make money and you keep going for jobs where you might make a lot of money, but you never get the jobs. And you go, why aren't I getting these jobs? Like, I don't understand. It. I'm doing everything right, but nobody wants to hire me. Well, it's not that they don't want to hire you. It's that you have an underlying automatic commitment to to not being hired. And you might go, well, that's crazy. My conscious mind wants me to get hired. Right. But your subconscious mind says, um, the way that I feel about money and my family feels about people with money is that they're the scum of the earth, let's say, or something. You know, people who have money <laughs> are uppity. People who have money are um, 
are not nice, you know, right. something like that. So those are the, the, um, the, the prejudices, let's say, or, or the, how we conceive as a family, how we think about other things. And so that has gone deep into our subconscious. That's part of our story. Now, it doesn't mean that can't change, right. but you have to recognize it. So at that point, you say, okay, I'm not getting this job or I'm not making money because really I don't like people with money because that's what my family doesn't like people with money. So um, that's why I'm stopping myself. That's my underlying automatic commitment. I'm committed to a different outcome. So whenever in your life you are not getting the things that you want to show up, look inside and, and find that what what you're, the underlying automatic commitment that you're committed to other than what you think the outcome is. And here's a story. When I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went to physiotherapy and my physiotherapist says, move your leg. So I'm looking at my leg and I'm looking at my leg and I'm like, move leg. And my leg wouldn't move. And he goes, try harder. And I'm like, I'm trying. Well, you know, I say trying is lying because <laughs> it, 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 trying is lying. If, if I say, you know, pick up a pen, you pick it up. You've done it. You did it. Now I tell you to try to drop the pen. Quincy, try to drop the pen on the floor right now. If it drops on the floor, you did it. You didn't try. You did it. Right. So you can't try. Trying is a backdoor. Trying is lying. Trying is giving yourself an out from actually doing. So I said, I'm trying. And, and he kept you know, getting at me and I kept screaming, I'm trying, I'm trying to do it. And what happened was I finally, I realized that I had, although my conscious mind said, I want to walk again, my subconscious mind was committed to a different outcome. And that outcome was not moving my leg because it was going to hurt a lot. And once I recognized that, I said, that's okay. I'll deal with the pain because I want to walk more than I want to stop the pain. So you see how, how these things, and here's another example, um, especially with women. Women are, are at a very young age, you know, given uh, ideas about how their body should look. Mm-hmm. And you see Dove doing all these commercials now to for women's self-esteem. Well, um, your mother might have made a comment to you when you were young and, and said, you know, you can't do that unless you, you can't go to this. You have to diet. You're not going to look good unless you diet and get that dress. You can't go to this dance unless you diet, mm-hmm. you know, big events in your life. So now as a, as a grown woman in your head, it's like, oh, I don't deserve that unless I diet and lose some weight to go. I can't go until I diet and lose some weight. And it's a, it becomes a lifelong pattern. And that's an underlying automatic commitment too. Wow, you're good. <laughs> I know I can appreciate that because it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Um, how even though in the forefront of your mind you're thinking, okay, I want this outcome, but there's something, I mean, yeah, underlying, I mean, for lack of a better word, that's preventing you from doing that. And you're mm-hmm. essentially stopping yourself. Right. You're stopping yourself. And and it's not even your fault because it, it's the stories that were told you about yourself when you were young. I mean, th- right. this is how you've been imprinted, really. And and so when you do some meditation or therapy on yourself and you start to ask yourself questions mm-hmm. about yourself and about is this true, 
you know, do I believe this? And what do other people believe? And who's speaking to in my head? You know, I call them the members of the board even. Um, then, then you can begin to find out what's going on in your life. There's a new movie coming out. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a cartoon. I think Disney's doing it. It's about a young girl and all the people in her head you know, joy and anger and sadness. I mean, that's pretty much what we're like inside. I mean, it was brilliant concept. And, you know, it was done because his 11-year-old daughter kind of changed. She used to be a sweet young girl, and then she became this angry, you know, teenager who didn't talk anymore. Oh, wow. You know? And I think it's just absolutely a brilliant concept because really we have what I call members of the board inside our head. We have all kinds of voices that talk. And everything we think is not true. So we have to really understand that, that, you know, our mind lies to us. Our subconscious has no agenda. It doesn't know right or wrong. It has no morality. It just knows what we gave it. You know, it's a computer. What did we feed? The, what information did we feed it? And that's what it's going to feed back to us. So until we change that data, and it's doable, but until we change the data, that's what's going to come out every single time. Okay. All right. Well, a couple more questions and we'll wrap things up. Um, but when you're not coaching or doing radio and the other six or seven hundred things you'd like to do, <laughs> uh, what is some, what is, you know, what do you do to unwind? I mean, what do you do to kind of relax and, you know, show off yeah. your hobbies? You mentioned a few already, but uh, I'm an artist, so I like to paint. And some of my art, you can find my art on fineartamerica.com. Um, so I, I do enjoy doing that. And I love movies. I absolutely love movies. We go to the movies a lot. And I love just hanging out with my kids. I mean, that, for me, that's the best time. Okay. And animals. I love animals. So um, I love to hang out at the dog park with dogs. And uh, I just have a good time with them. Okay. Great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to join the show. And where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? Well, today they can get in touch with me um, at thegoodradionetwork.com. That's my, my new website. And at coachpicasso at rogers.com. And also still at unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com. Okay. All right. And you said the first one was goodradionetwork.com? Yeah, thegoodradionetwork.com. Thegoodradionetwork.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I've been to unstoppable frankie picasso.com and um the good radio is my new project it's it's my latest project and what that is it's socially conscious radio that does a world of good so it goes beyond talk radio into actually doing so being philanthropists um helping different projects and people who are doing good things in the world and showing people that there are people um that still do good deeds in this world. You know, the world's not totally um, gone to the negative side, to the dark side. We, we have people who are doing beautiful and wonderful things, and we just have to put those lens on and, and look for them. Okay. And so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That sounds great. It sounds great. And again, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Thank you. It really means a lot, and I've enjoyed speaking with you. I've enjoyed speaking to you too, Quincy. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. And to all the listeners out there, when you have an underlying automatic commitment and you wind up stopping yourself, then you need an unstoppable coach to help you break that barrier. So check out and contact Frankie Picasso, the unstoppable 
Frankie Picasso. All right, so my thanks to her and for all of you all listening out there. I also want to thank LiquidLifeDrops.us for being an official sponsor of the Talk to Q radio show. The Talk to Q radio show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Go to TalkToQ.com for more show information and a calendar. Have a great day. Peace out. Congratulations on your decision to achieve a healthier lifestyle and seek optimum health. It's a noble and wise goal that will help you live a longer and healthier life. Liquid Life Drops are made from high quality and completely natural ingredients that work along with your body's natural processes to help you feel better. Our product is non-homeopathic and in liquid form. It contains no hormones and is 100% safe. It has a very pleasant taste and is sweetened with stevia. Liquid Life Drops has a variety of health benefits. Not only do they make you feel great, they also support maintaining weight and weight loss if you need to lose a few pounds. Please contact us at www.liquidlifedrops.us if you have any questions. We are here for you and success.